The FinTech 5 podcast is sponsored by NTT Data Services. NTT Data Services, a global business and IT innovator, partners with clients to navigate and simplify the modern complexities of business and technology, delivering the insights, solutions, and outcomes that matter most. Basically, they get stuff done. Learn more at nttdataservices.com. Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. In this episode of the FinTech Five, we're speaking with Richard Crook, who's the head of innovation engineering for the Royal Bank of Scotland. I have a soft spot for the Royal Bank of Scotland, Richard, because of that bank was the reason I got to move to the UK in 2006. You were a client of mine when I used to work at Tesis. So you should, you should feel... Nice to hear. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so when uh, we started this call and the RBS conference call music started playing, I felt great. felt at home, <laughs> which is nice. Let's, let's talk a little bit about... Nice, about it, uh, it, nice, nice it gives you a warm feeling. Well, yeah, you know, I know you hear that all the time about the Royal Bank of Scotland, that it just gives, you know, the consultant a, a warm, a warm feeling. So your current focus um, with the group, so with innovation engineering, what does that mean? What, 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 what do you do in your day job there? So, uh, I'm Richard Crook, uh, head of innovation engineering at the Royal Bank of Scotland. I'm enjoying leading a, a high energy team who are disrupting and innovating uh, in the fintech space uh, with bank um, with APIs. AI, cloud, and, and blockchain, where you find the cloud and uh, APIs are, are enablers are for us to do then great things. I'm a, a marriage between technology, uh, which is the engineering part of this, and the innovation wing, um, which really comes from the digital side of the bank. Uh, and, and there's a, always been a crossover. Do I sit on the tech side? Do I sit on the digital side? And the answer is, I sit in the innovation wing and attempt to disrupt ourselves and uh, the fintechs out there. You know, so we could spend an hour or so just talking about the AI side because that's an incredibly hot topic right now when it comes to, to banking and disruption. But instead, I'd like to focus on the other hot topic, which is DLT, so distributed ledger. Uh, I know you guys are doing a ton of work there. I know you've already worked through a ton of prototypes. Um, and where, where have you invested your time? Is this more with, with Ripple? Is it with Ethereum? I mean, where, where have you guys done development or focused your efforts? So we could talk about AI, and uh, you've just seen us break cover uh, with the chatbot on our website, um, and we're really pleased with that. But as you say, let's let's focus on distributed ledger technology. Our focus to start with has been broadly to to move the direction uh, of the uh, industry in the right direction. Um, there's a huge hype curve um, that's come through, and what we wanted to do is attenuate that and make sure that blockchain lands as a useful technology solving real business problems and applicable ones there too. Obviously, with Bitcoin, um, that's a, an interesting experience which we can talk about. But if we take ourselves away from the Bitcoin and actually look at the technology underneath it, that's what was interesting to us. Separating or making sure that people understood that distributed ledger technology is a family with blockchain is one part of that. Our focus uh, has been around taking that technology, uh, understanding what it can and cannot do today and tomorrow, because it is a, a maturing technology, and assessing it across the, uh, the bank to see where it can help us 
uh, with our revenues, our cost, and our customers' experiences. And to that end, um, we've uh, released a white paper on uh, our work we did with Ethereum in the payment space. Uh, we've broken cover with the prototypes we built in Ripple. Um, and you've seen us be one of the uh, early joiners of the R3 consortium, um, which we've been working with over the last year. And that's just culminated in the close of the $107 million uh, Series A. Uh, that stands up now an entity. And the reason for that is, is relatively simple. There's only so much fun you can have on your own with a blockchain. You need to have uh, your peers, your competitors together working on this. And that is fundamentally the biggest challenge uh, for us. Uh, to answer your question directly, the technology is moving in the right direction. Talk about that and more if you want. But broadly, bringing uh, peers and competitors together to work on the same problem with the same technology has been the hardest and biggest challenge. And and that's what the reality is, right? Um, when we're talking about this, is this really needs to be there needs to be industry standards around this. You know, so this this concept of a consortium like R three is a good example. When we're talking about you know the 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 movement, you know, I'll call it digital goods. Yes, this can be just internal within the bank itself, but a majority of this is going to be going, you know, from your institution to another institution. Thus, the need for these the standards, correct? I wouldn't use the word standards. I, I know there's a big <laughs> conversation around standards. I, I, I separate it into two puzzles that we have to solve. First, together we have to work collaboratively, and that's where you've seen the, the emergence of labs. Um, which aren't physical people in white coats. It is a facilitator bringing together um, peers or parts of the supply chain uh, together in a, in a vertical horizontal to work together on a specific business model, be it trade finance, be it payment. And that finding out how we do interbank projects has been one of the, the, one of the puzzles. On the technology side, we spent much of 2015 and 2016 with people taking the shrink wrap off technology, but actually the Linux Foundation has stood up now, taken on the Hyperledger project, and we must thank DAH for initiating that. Uh, there is now a collection of technologies inside that Hyperledger project being administrated by the Linux Foundation or looked after, curated, cared for by the Linux Foundation. You've got IBM's Fabric, thank you, IBM. You've got R3's Corda, thank you, R3. You've got Intel Sawtooth, uh, and you've got a number of others that are in there. What we will and are hoping to see is a convergence, not in the next year or two. It took Linux a good 10 to 20 years to get to convergence where standards have started to appear. And it was only with those standards did we actually see the end of that journey to conversion. But I would rather see standards later around good solutions than earlier around poor solutions. We have started a journey. We are a long way from finishing it. And broadly, from a Royal Bank of Scotland perspective, we're very comfortable seeing the Linux Foundation own that mission. We're very comfortable and we continue to support and we've been pushing for R3 to push quarter into the Linux Foundation. We've been pushing IBM to put uh, Fabric uh, into uh, the Linux Foundation, 
and we're really pleased to see that is a mechanism for getting to convergence. If you want to call it standards, we can call it standards. Yeah, I think I like how they frame it up, right? R3 will say that they're creating an operating system, right? Which I, I don't think that's a bad way to, to put the terminology together. Create the operating system, and then, like you said, down the road, let's see, op, let's see standards on systems that actually work. Let's not jump the gun. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably a much and better have, way to frame this. And we have to go, and if you want standards, right, the POSIX and the POSIX standards are examples of standards that I'm looking for right now, where we gain a, a high-level principle set that then goes into a much lower set of requirements that we demand of that operating system. And the majority of our operating systems are POSIX standards or POSIX compliant. I would expect the same if we're going to set standards. I'd expect the same across this and the Linux foundation of the Hyperledger project is the right place for that. So I'm curious on how you got to where you are today um, because you're an old SAP Oracle and Java developer. Um, used to work at UBS. So actually, your your path, if you will, um, mine kind of follows that. So I went from a developer to a project manager to a product owner, take your pick. Um, w- was this planned for you <laughs> or was it just kind of, oh, this is interesting. And I mean, how did you get to where you went from SAP and Oracle to now you're working on AI and distributed ledger and leading a, a hyper-involved group of, of engineers? So engineers always uh, use the technology dimension. Um, I've got a pretty classical route uh, of joining as a uh, uh, as a developer into UBS um, in the heady days uh, of the early 2000s, uh, late 90s, and then uh, moving from one project to the next, picking up technologies and skills as required, being retooled and reskilled as I went along, gaining a team, becoming a project manager, uh, running bigger and bigger teams onshore, offshore, different locations, and uh, I then moved to World Bank of Scotland and was doing very similar. That's only one dimension to it. The real dimension that we want to pick up on is I spent the best, 20, best part of 20 years doing regulatory reporting and building general ledgers, and ledger being the key word there, mm-hmm. where actually uh, as we came in, uh, so I've been doing ledgers while they were not fashionable, and then I found that uh, with the emergence of Bitcoin, suddenly ledgers, in this case a distributed consensus ledger, has become fashionable and everybody wants to understand how they work. Uh, And I found my skill base, uh, regardless of the technologies, um, fitted quite nicely into that uh, blockchain or distributed ledger space. All right. So we're down to the last minute. This is rapid fire. Okay. So these questions, just simple answers. First thing that comes to your head. Okay. You ready? Favorite sport? Failing. America's Cup. America? Wow. And you know what? Congratulations. You're the first person <laughs> to ever throw that out. That's pretty good. What's the last good book you read? Well, non-classical, uh, Managing at the Speed of Change. That is a good Connor. book. Yeah, that's a, that is a very good book. And have you ever been to the old pub on the RBS campus in Edinburgh? The old pub? Yeah. Oof. No, I don't think I found that one. Oh, my God. You know, it's on the actual campus. I've held meetings in that thing. Oh, I feel bad for you. I'm going to send you a link. <laughs> you need to get someone to arrange a meeting there. God knows. Probably, I look forward to having a beer. Oh, you need to. Look forward to having a beer there. It is outstanding. All right. I'll, I, you know what? I'll do that directly after this call. I am sending you a link to that old pub. You need to be there. Uh, where's the best place for listeners to find out what you all are doing 
um, especially around distributed ledger? Is it, is it the RBS site? Is, do you have something where you, you actually have a blog that you're running, anything like that? So we haven't uh, moved on that, but the, the answer is you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Rick Crook, R-I-C-K-C-R-O-O-K. And that's the easiest way of following what we're doing. And that then uh, will take you on uh, a journey into all the other places like bankofapis.com and all the really great projects we're working on. Excellent. All right, Richard. Well, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you.